What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 69. Nice. Nice. A regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Ravel and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing all right. You know, I think I've streamed every single day this week so far, so I'm a little bit tired, uh, starting on Monday with my Diamond 5 climb, and then uh, putting in quite a bit of time with the mini set cards. Uh, since I'm going on vacation next week, and I need to, you know, get that content train rolling. So it's been a busy week, but uh, happy to share my experience uh, and discuss it with you guys. Yeah, uh, I am very much enjoying all of the new set. I feel very, um, I don't know, just like reinvigorated, I, I guess. Like, I, I didn't stream and do very much stuff in terms of content creation last month. And so I'm kind of just enjoying, been enjoying diving back into everything. It's been really fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I've had a very uh, love-hate relationship with the mini set over the, just the course of the past four days. Like when it came out on Tuesday, I streamed for like four hours, and I think I literally queued into ninety percent Pirate Warrior and Odd Hunters, and I was just like, I can't do this. This is this is gross. Um, so I like took a day off, uh, just didn't do anything, and then Thursday played a bunch of games, didn't queue into a bunch of Pirate Warriors, so I had a lot more fun, and it was it was really nice. Um, and then there was this like druid bug that got found and uh, was exploited and promoted by uh, a certain somebody on the uh, on the podcast. We won't talk about who, but uh, that got super popular. So I took today off to go play some uh, some magic and had a lot of fun doing that. So I've had a very weird relationship with the uh, the mini set so far, but I have enjoyed what I have played. So we'll we'll talk about all of that bugs included. Oh, to, to clarify. Uh, I was queuing into 60% Druid before my video went up. My video went up today, and the, this was a problem that is uh, it, it's come well before I, I played the deck. Yeah, this... Uh, I mean, you made a video, Corbett made a video. Corbett also streamed, like, five hours of it at High Legend. Next thing I knew, everybody <laughs> in Legend Ladder was playing freaking Jerry Rig Carpenter Druid. I think... God... I saw some numbers from Keith, and these were like HS replay numbers, but like I think it was like up to forty percent or something like that, like of the Jerry Ray Carpenter Druid at Diamond Ranks. I don't. This might not have been from Keith. I don't know who I saw this from, but if that's true, that's kind of insane. Just like the the course of action of how quickly this bug is kind of spread, and we'll we'll talk about that. I mean, before we. We're already spoiling this week's episode. Before we get into all that, we got to take care of some housekeeping stuff first, right? Uh, so first things first, if you guys enjoy the, the podcast, whether you guys are watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff, uh, make sure you drop a like, comment, subscribe. It's a small thing, but it does actually support us a ton. You can also support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash stateofwild. And uh, you can pick up some sweet perks in the process. And you can also always join the State of the Wild Discord server where you can come talk about all things Hearthstone and Wild. All right. Okay, now that we've gone through all that, we can go back right into this conversation we were having about Jerry, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Um, so like, we had the, this mini set released on Tuesday with it. One of these cards, Jerry Rick Carpenter. It's a two-mana, two-one pirate. Uh, battle cry, draw, choose one spell and split it. Uh, turns out that Hidden Oasis is a choose-one card that when it originally was printed, I think there was a a bug with the split cost like the the choose one's op choose one options usually cost zero um turns out that really didn't matter until you printed jerry rick carpenter and so now what you do in aggro druid is you play jerry rick carpenter with hidden oasis as your only choose one spell and so you get a zero mana six six minion as early as turn one in addition to patches and brigands and all that kind of good stuff uh so yeah i mean the deck is pretty good right spread like wildfire i know corbett you had a tweet about kind of the timeline about this and like just how quickly it actually spread. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So it was, um, I guess I'm going to be talking in Australia time, but uh, it was two nights back for me. Uh, there was a Reddit thread where someone was like, a Blizzard broke the game. Um, I, I found that link and I posted it in my Discord. Um, and I was like, guys, hey, what, what's up with that? Um, someone came in, White Delight. He, he eventually tested out all the other Choose One cards and it turned out it was just Hidden Oasis. We thought for a second, maybe it's all of them. And we're worried that maybe Wisps of the old, whatever, the, the seven mana card uh, would have been insane. You would have had like a whole board of three threes on turn two, which would have been fun. Um, but yeah, White Delight did a whole bunch of testing. 
he tweeted about it. And then by the time I woke up the next day in about eight hours, it was absolute pandemonium. Um, I immediately streamed it and it became even more popular. <laughs> and everyone else also, like Ruffle saying, Ruffle played it, Ruffle made a video of it. It was everywhere. And then the devs were pretty much aware of it. They logged it within that kind of 10 hour time frame between the Reddit post and the next day. Um, and then that's about where we are. That was all about 24 hours ago. So it's only been out there for a couple of days and it's already completely taken over ladder. Um, you were saying that Keith, uh, was talking about the numbers. I can look at the numbers right now. I'm looking at the Druid play rate in the last 24 hours um, at Diamond 4, and Druid is 43% of the format at Diamond 4 and up um, in the last 24 hours. And yeah, that seems that seems about right. At Legend, uh, it's slightly lower at a, at a mere 40%, but you guys get the idea. It's it's a lot of Druid. It's very, it's very much happened very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, Druid has also uh, surpassed Warrior like as a class in terms of uh, win rate over at HS Replay, which, you know, as the mini set released and as we saw like things unfold after the BS report, like there's a very clear line between three classes had a positive win rate, everything else had a below 50% win rate. Um, Druid has now joined those three as a result of this bug and has in fact surpassed Warrior uh as uh, the highest win rate class which is astounding because like just last week we were talking about how pirate warrior it or two weeks ago i suppose it was pirate warrior is at a place where you know other than briefly with hand buff paladin before it got nerfed is like head and shoulders above maybe any other deck uh that's <laughs> existed in the format so it's like it, it, it's passing a outrageously high win rate deck but um you know, as as Corb mentioned, the the dev team you know has logged it, has a, a fix rolled out for it, and is planning to do that soon. We were kind of hoping it would happen on Friday, but um, the you still have to even with a hotfix, you still have to deploy a patch, and deployment takes uh, you know more than just flipping a switch at times. Um, so hopefully Contrary we'll see that. Contrary to popular that. belief, right? Right, right. Um, it's not just a matter of going into a text file and editing the uh, the numbers from zero to six. Um, so, but hopefully next week we'll we'll see that, um, and it'll be wrapped up. I think with some of the uh, the mercenaries and uh, general changes to um, bug fixes with within the format. Because um, as anybody's ever worked in development knows, uh, bugs are inevitable. Um, it would have been nice to have this fixed earlier. It would have been, you know, nice if it didn't happen at all. But uh, I, I think it's some because like if you go into the Hearthstone wiki, um, like it shows. Hidden Oasis as having zero cost things. This is something that like a ways back with uh, Saviors of Oldemon with the quest and with Keeper Staldaris, they like actually created individual cards for each of them. Whereas before they were just like random mods that you could uh, select between. And like it, it appears that it was just like an oversight where they never changed the 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 cost for Hidden Oasis, which is weird because that came out in the same set as uh, yeah. Saviors of Oldemon. So you'd think that would be one of the ones that would get it but it just it looks like an oversight that um is now allowing uh zero mana six sixes on turn two or if you're like me and you're good at the game you can coin aj red carpenter and then solar eclipse the uh the the six six because it is in fact a spell and get uh, two six sixes on uh, turn two so always a possibility uh but you know it is going to be something that uh, gets cleaned up quickly and I imagine that's why we're seeing like it is obviously very powerful and very annoying to face, but I think a lot of it is people are just getting their games in with it while they can um, because it's going to be gone soon. Yeah, I guess, do you guys want to kind of touch on this? Obviously, it's a very, very strong deck, and I mean, hopefully by the time this podcast releases, the hotfix will have gone live, so we're talking about this like it's in the past. But I, I do want to ask you guys' opinion kind of just in general because I know there's been a little bit of conversation about this with, uh, I think Martian's been the main guy who like brings it up on Twitter saying like, how do you feel about people playing with these bugs, right? Um, so, like, obviously, personally, I don't enjoy playing against it, and I don't enjoy playing them myself, just because I feel like it goes against the spirit of the card game is to, to play something that, you know, fundamentally shouldn't be allowed. But I also, like, don't go around yelling at people on Twitter and Reddit for doing it, right? So, like, what are, what are y'all's personal opinions about that? Uh, yeah, so for me personally, I have never been in favor of people like using these bugs or exploits or anything. 
Um, like when the Megathune uh, sort of bug was around last expansion, I didn't like that. I didn't like facing it. It felt kind of gross. Uh, but my opinion on that basically changed once Ixar was playing Cthune Hunter. <laughs> and the reason for that is that basically your stance regarding these bugs sort of are going to fall into two lines, right? It's either going to be the players can play the game as it's presented and as it exists. Or what Meowth said, um, players should probably feel like they morally shouldn't or um, it's unfair to, to play something that's not intended. And it seems that the dev feelings on this um and just the players can play the game as it exists so whether it's a secret passage bug with the nitro boost whether it's a netheron being bugged with mithra rod like uh whether it's garot rogue being bugged and you know we saw a whole bunch of stuff with arcanist in the masters tour and then it was patched uh or it will be patched has it been patched whatever it has been patched. <laughs> it'll be patched it, 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 it was patched after that it really seems that the dev team is just like look if it's a bug, we'll try and fix it as fast as we can. But until then, players are free to do whatever. And if that's the dev response, then I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. But I certainly understand that, you know, people may feel differently. Like, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't. So that's just my own personal take on it. And I'm fine playing it and promoting it and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I have a very similar stance. And, like, I shifted... Uh quite a bit or in the same way that that you did based on the the dev response and specifically XR not only playing Cthulhu Hunter but saying that people aren't going to be have their account, account suspended for playing Cthulhu mm -hmm. Hunter which is a shift in philosophy that we've from what we've seen in, in the past where they did like take action yeah. against players that were um exploiting not not in like with Snip Snap Warlock or with Ignite Mage where they're legitimately cheating but exploiting um you know known bugs in the game and Honestly, I think that this uh, philosophy is preferable to that. Players shouldn't be punished for playing the game as it is. You could make an or a moral argument for should they be doing that? You know, is it right to do that? And I would lean towards no, probably not. Uh, but like at the end of the day, the players shouldn't be punished for just playing the game as it currently is because that's that's also not fair to them for like. I don't know what if they didn't realize it was like an exploit and then abused it and then we're like well this is kind of cool i'm gonna keep doing it and then and then they get their account suspended or or banned that, that, like that's i don't know that's not very consumer friendly so i'm glad that they have shifted their um their philosophy on this um i i think that i don't i still don't like it in the game first of all like i've just been conceding to all uh <laughs> druids doing it to me because it's not in it's not fun to play against it's not entertaining content and it's content that like has a very brief lifespan yeah i released a video on it but like the last two times with mechathune rogue and with uh, cthune hunter i didn't release a video on it and everybody's ask was asking me constantly when are you going to release a video on this when are you going to do the cthune hunter when are you going to play the mechathune rogue and i'm just like i don't want to make a video when you know, it has a short lifespan. I did it this time and everybody's in my comments saying, why did you promote this deck? Why are you exploiting a bug? So it's just like, it's very clear that the player base is pretty divided on this in terms of um, how, what the appropriate response is. And like, I don't, I don't know. There is no good response. Like it just kind of sucks that the game's broken, but like um, that's, that happens sometimes. I, I think that the, the way that they could have, just temporarily solve the problem is to disable hidden oasis from the wild format like just don't allow players to add it to their deck um i don't know if that's faster than like the deploying the hotfix but like they they can do it in duels just like temporarily disable it temporarily disable it because nobody's playing that card outside of um this deck anyway so like i would rather have three days without uh hidden oasis than three days with hidden oasis as a as a broken card so I don't know. Hopefully they can consider that as a possibility in the future because like it, it really does feel bad to play against and like when nearly half of the player base is doing that at uh relatively high ranks, it's yep. pretty tough to avoid. So it feels I don't know, it feels super weird to me that people are hitting legend with it and hitting rank one legend and top ten legend with this literal like it's an ex exploit of a bug, right? And so mm -hmm. In the magical Christmas land scenario, that while ranks mattered for anything, right, would the response have been different? And oh yeah, no, absolutely. If this happened in the standard format, it would be a very different response. And that, like, that feels bad. I'm not normally one to do the oh, they don't care about wild meme, but like, if if this were happening in standard, absolutely, it'd be fixing because like the like standard placement has uh, tournament 
uh, you know considerations associated with it so like i guess maybe not this month but like it would it's still the marquee format and probably still would get a relatively swift response if something were this broken um so like that's that's another thing that kind of does feel bad with this but like i don't know I, I i'm just hopeful that it'll be fixed early next week i mean at the same time though how do we feel about the arcanist bug uh being around a standard for that that entire length of time and then eventually making it into the master tour is it just because that bug felt like it wasn't that much of a deviation of what Garot rogue was previously doing compared to what happening right now where it's just it's 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 the extremes of what the bug is allowing you to do that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do exactly yeah because like yeah it was a marginal improvement for Garot rogue to have that mm -hmm. and arguably not even that like right like a lot of you know high, high caliber players opted for the versions without it because you know even with the approval from the dev team to play it in the uh, masters tour they still opted for the version uh w with the og merchants and without the tainted archivist so it's like uh, it wasn't even you know clearly better in, in some people's minds so yeah whereas this is just like it's winning games on turn two yeah it um it is interesting though where you were talking about the shift in philosophy um, because the big, obvious, the well-known one, you know, whenever we think about our bugs and getting banned and going, getting to the Blizzard jail, it's Disguised Toast, right? Like, it's Disguised Toast doing the Shadow Visions bug um, and causing the opponent to, you know, disconnect and things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, Toast, <laughs> again, he did get in trouble at that time. But I suppose, again, like we're talking about the extremities of the the extremes of the bugs right whether it's arcanist compared to this or shadow visions compared to this i guess it's because shadow visions as well literally just stops the opponent from playing the game and in some ways that can be much worse than what we're currently seeing so it does seem to be a little bit of a spectrum but at the same time there is this clear philosophy change it seems like where as we said the, the dev team is comfortable and players aren't going to be banned uh for this type of behavior it's also the big deal of, like, the Cthune Hunter and the Mechathune Rogue were, like, still bad, even when you did exploit the bug, where, like, this is, like, a tier one deck when you exploit the bug, which yeah. feels really bad, right? Like, that's, it's, it feels really bad. I mean, that all being said, we're making a big deal about this, but hopefully by the time you guys are listening about it, it's patched out of the <laughs> game, right? So hopefully you got your ranks in, you climbed to Legend with it, but um, it does kind of feel weird that this bug is taking away from kind of the release of the mini set in wild and kind of what we would be talking about otherwise which is like the supposed dominance of pirate warrior right um coming out of that i don't i, I know i said supposed for a reason okay don't uh so we can we can go ahead and like shift and transition to this right so going into the mini set we were pretty scared about these two big cards that got printed the the defias cannoneer the three mana three three whenever you swing a weapon fire two cannon shots and Mr. Smite, right? And we were kind of on the fence as a group of whether we thought these cards were going to be strong, whether they belonged in Pirate Warrior, did they fit the game plan, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you guys have... I'm assuming you guys have played against a lot of Pirate Warrior. Um, I don't know if you guys have had the experience of playing it yourselves very much, but uh, I do want to open up the floor and just talk about these two new cards, right? How are you guys feeling about Defies Cannoneer and Smite? So, I don't know. Like, I've, I've kind of... Uh it's hard to gauge i've i think i've had i've again streamed probably four hours a day every day since the expansion came out and i think i've had a smite played from hand against me three times one time it mattered and two times it was just randomly created by sky raider and didn't make a difference um conversely i've like had blowout games as a result of the uh, the cannoneer where they just have the the first mate uh, on one curve that we talked about and we're kind of scared of or, or one or two whatever um depending on whether they have the coin uh and just like being completely trounced and like didn't feel like i had any agency whatsoever in the game and so that's like cannoneer based on my experience feels like it was you know is a little bit better than expected smite about um about where I thought he would be, but then I started looking at the data and like the the drawn win rate for these cards is the inverse of what I expected. Like Smite's actually seems like a good card to draw, but like again, I haven't experienced 
it being a relevant card to draw against me, whereas like Device Cannoneer is landing towards the bottom for some of these lists as uh, in terms of uh, the the drawn win rate associated with it, indicating that maybe it's a little bit slow. But like that that just doesn't line up with my experience. So I, I have I not played against enough pirate warriors. I don't know because it feels like it until the druids came like. It was legitimately half of my games the first three days of the the expansion before the druid bug was uh, discovered. So, like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm confused in like the misalignment between my my observed reality and what the uh, the data is suggesting. And you know, argu arguably the sample sizes aren't really large enough to like actually make a definitive opinion. And maybe that's it. But like. I don't know. This list has Mister Smite as the highest drawn win rate card in the deck, and that that just again uh, hasn't really felt like something that's mattered to me. So I don't know. I'm curious if uh, you guys are noticing something different. Yeah. The uh, any any specific list that you look at HS3 play right now is going to be very sketchy, um, especially with Mister Smite because it is a one of, and so it's even worse because you are going to see it at like half the amount of games. Um, but yeah, so my general experience with Mrs. Smite and Cannoneer, pretty much where I was, like, obviously did the review, where I'm kind of like, yeah, like, they're okay. I, I think Mrs. Smite by, might be... It's funny. Um, the Defias Cannoneer is the card that probably feels very, very strong because you tend to more likely see it when your opponent actually has a weapon and you don't see as much when it's stuck in hand. But at the same time, Mrs. Smite is also just stuck in hand <laughs> and you do, you do also only tend to see it when you're dying. Um... I don't know. The they seem about where I expected, I suppose, where they seem like the fringe cards that are probably just barely playable. Like it's it might be the better three drop option, the Cannoneer. Um but I don't think it's I don't think it's like super super overpowered or anything right now. Um Mr. Smite, I'm not sure about. Mr. Smite probably is might be might be just a bit of a meta call. Like, it'll just depend on either even Warlock and Reno even Warlock. Because it does feel very good against, like, Reno even Warlock, um, specifically. But I'm not sure. If this meta is highly, highly based around Feature Druid and um, Pirate Warrior Mirrors, then maybe maybe less so. Yeah, yeah. I, I barely see any either type of even lock. So, like, I don't yeah. know. I, like, I mentioned this the other day. It was just, like... In fact, I was just editing a video. I was just like, "Why is nobody playing Evenlock? The the hero power never gets its cost reduced. What is wrong with you? Play the deck. It's good." And I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think people just bored. Like, they just, they just don't want to play it. Didn't get anything. I mean, it didn't stop people playing Odd Hunter. To be fair, people kept playing or Odd Pirate Hunter. Warrior. I was about to say. Oh, that, that got new cards. Pirate that got, got new cards. cards. Yeah. I I will say my experience the first two days. Um, I think Cannoneer is absolutely insane. Right. Just really. We, we talked about the high roll potential, right? And I think. If you are aggressively mulliganing for it, that high roll is going to happen way more often than it's not. And even if that dungeon or the cannoneer is coming down on turn four, it still feels really insane. Like you if you if that was a four mana three three without effect, I think you might still consider playing it just because Whoa. maybe not. No, okay, that's going a little far. No, but <laughs> even when you play it on turn four, like if you play an anchor on turn three and then you play this on four, I still think it's a pretty insane effect. Um, Smite himself, I think you guys have kind of hit it uh, the nail on the head. It feels really bad in the mirror to, to draw. But I think it is, in general, better than Crag. Because in the mirror, you're generally not going to have a lot of pirates to discount your Crag anyways. So your Crag's going to be costing 5 or 6 mana. At least that's been my experience with Crag in the mirror. Because hopefully you're, you're making a lot of trades, right? That's kind of what's generally happening. Um... But it helps a lot against the Odd Hunters and the Even Locks, like you guys were mentioning, that I think it's worth running just because it improves your matchups that were poor anyways by a significant margin. Um, I was playing just normal Even Lock on day one of the mini set, and I got bursted down from 25 on turn 8 by Mr. Smite. And that's... Good. I was like, this is this is fine. Like, I'm, I'm good. And, and then I died from 25, and I was like, this, this is not okay. <laughs> um... It just provides so much burst that I, I think it's worth running. And just in my, like, 20, 25 games of Pirate Warrior that I've played, I feel like it's been better than Crag. Um, and, I mean, like you were saying when we did our card review last week, that Crag is still pretty good in the deck, right? And so if it's better than Crag, it's probably still worth playing. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't played any of the Pirate Warrior myself, so I can't really speak to this. But my feeling playing opposite the Cannoneer is that it's very good in some of the board-based matchups, which mm -hmm. is like everything below the 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 top three. Because you're right, you're not going to blast through a giant with a Cannoneer. You, you're against even luck. You're probably more hopeful that those shots go face if they set up a taunt or something like that. Um, but like. I think it might further separate Pirate Warrior from like the the rest of the field because as we talked about when we were doing the meta review, Pirate Warrior feeds on everything that's not the two other good decks, and a lot of those tend to be those board based aggro decks that are just going to get decimated by the the Cannoneer. So I feel like it further bolsters those um, matchups, whereas Smite helps with the other two. So yeah, maybe maybe it is worth running them both just to you know to balance the deck a little bit more not from a, a <laughs> um a, you know a traditional balance yeah. standpoint but balance the deck in terms of its mat its own matchup spread yeah more well-rounded um yeah this is definitely one though like I, I tend to always look at stats and deck and drum winner and things like that um in general but this is really one where i'm gonna have to wait and see because I, I don't know what to think with these cards yeah. i think they're both like fine i think they're both solid without being outstanding but i definitely want to keep an eye out because i don't know <laughs> like, yeah. i just don't know if you're listening and you're going to play pirate warrior play both of these cards just so that we can get better data to make a, yes. a better <laughs> determination like you're you're probably going to play pirate warrior anyway i know what i know you you yeah you <laughs> listening if you're going to play it play these cards so we can get better data at least and record your data to uh hs replay all right, thank you, Raffle, for that public service announcement. Um, all right, believe it or not, cards other than pirates came out this set, okay? Uh, we also had some parrots come out with those pirates. Um, so let's talk about some of them. I know, Raffle, you've probably been playing a lot of the Macaw in, in Shutterwalk Shamans. I haven't been able to catch your stream the last couple of days, but I'm assuming that this is something you gravitated towards. Not as much as I like, because I really just wanted to get a really good Shutter Train rolling with the Macaw, and, like either before or after i just i just wanted multiple shutters and people would either concede to the first shutter they would dirty wrap my shutter and my macaw so i get neither or like it, like it was just this comedy of errors where nothing there i i played for like two and a half hours with uh with the deck and i never got both macaw and shutterwalk blade in a single game so it was aggravating uh, i'm gonna try again and I, again until i get it uh but like the macaw just seems independently very good like um I had a game against this poor, poor quest mage, uh, uh -huh. where where I played a uh, maybe it was ignite mage, uh, it, maybe both, where I curved shud or lotheb into macaw over the course of multiple turns, and they just like they just watched me play stone because I also <laughs> was running um, the the robes of protection, so <laughs> they just legitimately couldn't do anything while I uh, chained lothebs and like. I like you just run this card in battle cry decks because like repeating your last battle cry is good. And because you run high value battle cries, it's got decent stat lines compared to what most battle cries in your deck do. So yeah, just play the card. It's good. I don't I still don't know what happens when you play it with a shutter, uh, but it seems fun from my opponent's perspective when they did it to me. Yeah, I, I think Macaw in general is just like we talked about last week. It's just going to be one of those solid cards that whenever you're building a Shaman deck, you're probably you're shoving in Primal Dungeoneers and you're probably shoving this in and then filling out the rest of the deck, right? You're adding Ice Fishing, you're adding Focal Talks, you're adding these guys, and then you're, you're figuring out the rest of your deck. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Squawker. I don't know if you guys have played any Paladin. Um, I, I did try out some Libra Paladin on day one. Uh, believe it or not, still not very good against Odd Hunter. Um, but uh, the Squawker itself feels, it feels solid in that deck. Uh, the most majority of the time it was like a four mana five five draw card, which was pretty good, right? Um, I did have a couple games where it summoned me an eight eight late in the game, which was oh so nice. Uh, but just in general, it doesn't really feel like it's moving the needle for Libra and Paladin. But I do think it's like a solid card in that deck. Um, something that I haven't really had the chance to try out yet that I wanted to. Uh, you were talking about Blessing of Authorities. I put it in kind of a Call to Arms Agro Paladin shell with uh, Seal of Champions and. Uh, Blessing of Authorities, and then this guy. Um, at that point, I had gotten a little bit tired of the Pirate Warriors and Odd Hunter, so I didn't really get the chance to try it out on day one, but it is something I'll go back to, and I think that 
it has a lot of potential in a deck like that because in that deck you have like three huge buff spells that are pretty or i guess four huge buff spells plus hand of a doll that feel pretty good in that deck um I don't know if you guys have tried out any of the uh, the Paladin Parrot. Yeah, I uh, actually just today played some even Paladin with uh, Blessing of Kings and Hand of It All, and either felt like a pretty good target. It turns out a four mana seven eight, um, you know, can do some work if you uh, if you set up a, a taunt the turn before on like an Anoyatron. So, um, you know, it's board based aggro deck, um, but. So it's, it struggles a bit, but like it actually did. I put Nairbar Weblords in there and obviously Galaka Crawlers and did reasonably well into Pirate Warrior just uh, between those two cards and Anoitron as a taunt. Um, like Weblord is just an underestimated tool against uh, Pirate Warrior. I, I had one on turn one today that uh, delayed them so much they didn't get Rakara down until like turn nine and I just killed them. Like it was, uh, it, it was pretty silly how much it delays them just because it it completely denies their turn two um because their turn two is pirates that have battle cry so um i think that that's something that could come back i could see even hunter uh, coming back for a similar reason um with uh narrow bars all right um so enough about the the parrots let's move back into some some more pirates that uh, also got released god there's so many pirates um first of all let's talk about slinger uh so this is the I don't know the first part of the name, but it's a one mana two one warlock pirate that deals damage equal to the damage you take in this turn, right? So kind of like prize plunder for warlock. Uh, I know a lot of people were playing this in dark glare list dark glare or whatever you want to end up calling it. Um, I will defer to Raffle here because I know you've been playing nothing but this deck the past couple of days. Uh, what's kind of your consensus on whether this fits in whatever you want to call it, warlock? I think he's talking to Corp, but I played this deck. Take it away, Ruffle. Yeah, no, okay, I played this deck a lot too. Oh, no. I am well equipped to answer this question. <laughs> so thank you, Get Me Out, for confusing me with my fellow co host. You both look uh, so attractive that it gets. You know, I'm trying to make it up. Oh, what a sad. I was going to say, it's a, right, I, I, I take it as a compliment, so I'm fine with it. But I will continue telling you, Get Me Out, all about my Ruffle's experience with this card. Um,. It's really good. <laughs> the deck's really good, too. And I can actually wrap my head around it because I don't have to do Dark Glare math anymore um, because, like, I, I I can't count. So I only have to count to the number of crystals that are already there, and I get to watch them disappear, and they don't come back. So, like, I know how much mana I have available to me each turn. I can play the deck. The deck's good. And um, the prize plunderer... Uh, is very good, especially when Raised Dead exists. Like, I've I've taken out uh, Rokaras. I've taken out, um, you know, Giants on the opposing side of the board with this just by taking damage, which is what the deck wants to do anyway. Um, there are cute plays that you can do setting it up by trading it off and then Raised Dead in and getting some more value off of it. It works really well with the Broom if you do the same. Like, the, the card's just disgusting. The deck's disgusting. I don't know how many nerfs it's going to take, but this deck is, like, good. Uh, yeah, I'm actually a little bit lower on it. Like, I still think it's solid. I liked it. Um, but in the specific list that I was playing, like, I think if you are running things like Spirit Bomb, um, in the Slinger deck, I can, I can see it being really, really good. But personally, I just found that for whatever reason, it already has a lot of single target removal right now, right? With like Drain Soul, um, the Knoll is a, a kind of single target removal, the Touch of Nathrozim. Um, and I don't know, the Slinger just felt a little... A little underwhelming personally when I, when I was playing it, um, and I ended up playing. I tried in Cult Neophytes instead because the matchup that I was having the most difficulty with with the um, nerfed Warlock uh, was Odd Hunter. <laughs> so yeah, I thought the Cult Neophytes could kind of slow it down. But yes, this deck is very, 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 very good. Uh, I think regardless of Slinger. But I'm happy that people are playing Slinger. So again, we can get that juicy, juicy data that we were uh, referencing earlier. I've got no opinions on these because all I can think about is how I screwed up y'all's names, and I apologize. So, oh. um, <laughs> I I also just haven't played very much uh, of the Slingers, so I don't really have like a solid opinion of it. Um, I did play some Dark Lair, though for the first time since before the Demon Seed, so like it received like two nerfs between the last time I played it and now. Uh, 
turns out that it's still kind of a difficult deck to play and like just pick up and pilot if you have no idea what you're doing because i had no idea what i was doing and i i this i actually asked for twitch chats backseating because i had no idea what i was doing so if that tells you how desperate i was but it, it does seem like it i will maybe talk about this a little bit later it feels like it early impressions of it might be getting propped up just to the prevalence of all the pirate warrior and maybe the pirate druids uh and i wonder if it'll remain super successful if if we ever go back to a meta that we were seeing where there's a lot of even locks and reno even locks and odd hunters um and maybe we'll come back to this once we start talking about decks themselves so just a little bit of a spoiler for you guys um a couple more cards just one of them's not super impressive let's talk about this new like two mana defias leper the two mana three two shadow priest card if you control a shadow spell deal two um again i haven't played much shadow priest i don't know if you guys have played against it two mana three two good was i was i wrong and being hesitant about it uh i've never had it played against me without it being active um and it <laughs> seems so like if, if that's the case it seems pretty good right like uh, i don't know you were carrying maybe four questionable cards in uh, shadow priest uh, prior to the expansion so i feel like this is just kind of fine in there two mana's actually surprisingly hefty hefty but like in a metagame where like a lot of games are quest line on one um you know you have the opening to to play a two mana three two and shoot the opponent so it's it's kind of like a what third and fourth copy of a tour guide that makes a better body i like it i i think cod good cod good aggressive works buck yell strong and uh like ruffle says it just always seems active i don't know it just always seems active so Good card. Shadow Priest, good. Shadow yeah, Priest, Shadow Priest underrated. Shadow Priest underrated, you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And the last one, uh, saved it for last because it's a new big, flashy, legendary spell, right? Uh, we got Edwin, uh, four mana, four, four pirate, play cards off the top of your deck, draw a card, plus two, plus two. Surprisingly, he keeps his stats when you shadow step him, uh, and apparently that is intended. Um, it's, uh, it's complicated. It's roughly, complicated. you take it away. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a little more complicated than that. Like uh, like Corp said, like if you play him, play a bunch of spells that you draw off of him, and then shadow step him, he resets back to a four four. If you play him and then immediately shadow step him, and then start playing the spells that you drew off of him, he gets actually buffed in hand. And then when you play him for two mana, like he has a head start <laughs> on his next round of battle cries. So like that gives you the possibility to either. Um, you know, if you're if you're low on mana and you want to set up like a, a turn five Edwin, you can play him on turn four, bounce him, play some of the cards just to get them out of hand or into play, um, and then you can repeat that process next turn and get a again a head start on the Edwin um, to buff him up into Oblivion. It turns out that like it's a high roll deck and it's silly, but like uh, the deck's not that bad in the pirate warrior like you just kind of kill them before they kill you and like what's a cannon gonna do against like a 32 32 edwin they don't run taunts or at least they shouldn't be running taunts and even if they do you have some um you know some zero mana one ones that can uh beat down their um uh their their taunt minions so like deck's really fun it's it's not terribly consistent um because like unless you're up against a pirate warrior you're not gonna have a great time um and like the um the the cannoneer opener can probably still kill you before you get fully set up but like you do have some spot removal I, it's one of the most fun decks i've played um this expansion and the dev team did confirm that the the buffing in hand is uh intended a behavior for edwin it's not um it's not another bug uh, it's a little bit unintuitive, and when you have like 300 people in your Twitch chat yelling at you that he keeps his stats when you shadow step him, it's really hard to uh, <laughs> like actually understand what that means. And yeah. um, and then people were telling me different things about what happens when I play the buffed Edwin, whether he restarts at a four four or like. So I just I I finally was just like I'm gonna tune you out because you're not helpful. And I'm just gonna try and see what happens. And it was uh, it was weird, um, but it was kind of powerful. <laughs> yeah, the the simple 
way to just think about it is when you shadow step him, he loses the buffs, but he can keep getting buffed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much as, as simple as we can make it. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's really, really fun. The deck is sick. The deck is super cool. Um, not very good. God, no, not very good. Just, just kill the pirate warriors. Yeah, and just high roll. Just high roll. Just yeah. win. Um, no, th- this deck is sort of something to like, genuinely keep an eye on. Because if it was just zero cost cards, like if there were enough zero cost cards in the deck, in the format right now, it would probably be just broken. Um, the problem is that you brick. Like you're only running like 16 or 18, I think, uh, zero cost cards with the neutrals and prep, coin, backstab. Um, and so you do run into problems with that. But someday, dude, someday this is going to be it. This is going to be the nuts. And you will be regularly making you know, 34, 34 Edwards on, on turn three. Um, I am interested in players exploring builds that aren't, weren't just like Tiny Fin, Death Gimp, like cute rogue. Um, I've seen some toying around with things like just efficient Octobot and Foxy, um, running more of a sort of miracle rogue, combo rogue, baitweed rogue type shell. Um, and so I'm interested to see if players, um, you know, start playing that a bit more and see how the deck goes. Yeah. Good transition into the deck section, Corbett. Thanks, thanks. Because um, there is the cute rogue, which I think, like you guys have mentioned, very high really very fun to play like 30 cards in one turn. Um, but I actually, I, I I believe it's the same person that I queued into, uh, Zy- Zyxia? OT, OT, Zyxia? Yeah. Um, so I queued into them and they like, they, 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 they hit me twice on like turn six and kill me with the with the deck but the deck revolves around obviously the octobots and stuff but it's like a scabs with the edwin and potion of illusions and like you get to play 10 or 12 cards you just like aren't running zero cost cards you're running actually good cards right you're running foxy swindle shrouds um all that kind of stuff and i played a little bit of the deck i got the deck code from them uh and it's really fun to play like it it I was positive into a bunch of uh, pirate druids and pirate warriors, um, which is a good sign, right? Uh, obviously, Hunter's Mark still hurts a little bit because you don't run Conceal in that Miracle-style build, um, so they can still Hunter's Mark your Edwins, which feels a little bit bad. But I don't know the deck is, is really fun. I think, like you said, it has a lot of potential, and I think most importantly, both of these decks are really, really fun to play. Um, we can provide codes for these down in the description. So if you guys are interested for any of these decks, we'll, we'll drop you guys codes, uh, down in the description if, uh, you guys want to play those. But I think those are kind of the two brand new decks, I would say that so far outside of the pirate druid have kind of spawned from the mini set. I don't know if I'm, I'm wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing comes to mind that I can think of. I wouldn't even consider pirate druid a new deck. It's just like you put four cards into aggro druid Druid, and GG. Outside of those kind of new decks, um, I feel like we should touch on some of the uh, the established archetypes that have seen significant pushes. I know we're early days. We're recording this, what, four days after the mini set has released, so it's not like we have a huge sample size um, between the three of us. But, I mean, let's just talk about Pirate Warrior. Um, this is the big bad, right? We were, we were scared of this coming in. Um, I was really scared of this on day one, right? Talk about day one overreactions. Um, I have since come to the conclusion that it is not so much more far and away busted than what it used to be compared to everything else. (laughs) Like it got better, which is scary because it was the, I don't know, according to to the VS stats was the best deck in the format. Right. And it does feel like it has gotten better, but it doesn't feel like it's gotten 10 percentage points better. Right. (laughs) I, I, so Yes, I will say that the community did definitely overreacted to the new cards. Um, but I think they are underreacting to how good Pirate Warrior was before the new cards even came out to a certain extent. Yeah, I, had somebody, I had somebody in my Twitch chat tell me the, the week of the VS report prior to it coming out, the Pirate Warrior wasn't even a tier one deck in the format. And like that was clearly just very, very wrong. Like it's it's the best deck in the format. Odd Hunter isn't close. Even Warlock is maybe only close be or even reno is maybe only close because it beats up on pirate warrior so well so like it's um you know i i don't think that people realized first of all how strong the deck already was and second of all how little three cards which are again arguably lateral changes for the deck and like side grades rather than strict upgrades 
is going to have small of an impact that's going to make on a deck that is so far and above everything else in the format. Like these would have to be the most bonkers cards that we've ever seen to move that needle enough to where we would actually notice. Like it's still just the same 27 cards plus three. Like, um, like I don't, that was the part where like, it blows my mind that people like are reacting as strongly as they were when it's like, that's at best one tenth of the deck. You still have to draw those cards and you really don't want to draw all three of them on the same, in the same game. Like, so it's like, like I think people were over reacting to the impact that these cards were had. And like I said, under reacting to how good the deck already just was. Yeah, that's that's really funny to me. It's, um, I totally agree with everything you said. That Pirate Warrior already was this deck, but it, sometimes it just takes like an event. It takes something to sort of um, energize the the player base to actually like push towards playing something a lot more. And you know, people were very hyped about the pirates, right? Like Pirate Warrior kicked out of the gates, started out of the gates at like thirty percent player rate, um, and that completely declined entirely by the time druid caught on now druid is like 40 percent of the meta and pipe war is more down to it's like 15 percent um but yeah like mr smite and defies like they'd they have very little to do with anything about pirate warrior being good um sometimes you know the the the, the biggest thing uh that people complain about is whatever is the most popular and people will see that pirate warrior is more popular because it got new stuff and people are trying it more and so that, i think that's the biggest reason why complaints immediately kicked off because they were seeing it more often but it already was it, nothing has really changed with pirate warrior right it's probably exactly where it was before the mini set yeah I, okay i will say i don't think that the complaints are completely unwarranted because pirate warrior is a pretty insane absolutely powerful deck but it's weird that people weren't complaining about it before the mini set, and now they are. Um, that being said, yeah. taking a little bit of a step back, I know, <laughs> sorry, I, I take a little bit of a step back though. Do you think that Pirate Warrior with these new cards is going to maybe take a step away from these two decks, or do you think it's too early to tell, or do you think that they're just it's still right now in contention with Odd Hunter and Evenlock? I think that like we can kind of base that based on what we saw immediately after the um, expansion released and before Druid became a thing that like there was a pretty clear distinction between the those three classes even on HS replay that like very closely resembled what we saw in the VS report um, you know prior to the expansion coming out and like even within that warrior was you know a noticeable um, step above those two which is again like pretty much what it was in the the BS report. Like the uh, like even Reno Warrior Lock is getting carried by its matchup against Pirate Warrior. So those two are going to always kind of like walk in step with one another. Um, and I think that you know Hunter is a is a bit behind that. To, but like Hunter also beats Pirate Warrior, so it, it's uh, maybe going to you know, increase as the popularity of Pirate Warrior increases. And then, you know, we'll, if that's the case, we get a further divide between the three best decks and everything else in the format right now. So um, I don't know. I, I would wait and see to how things um, start settling uh, once Druid is fixed, but I wouldn't change it to, um, or I wouldn't expect it to change much from what we saw prior to the expansion other than maybe, um, you know, Pirate Warrior getting a step or two or a half step or so uh, ahead of where it was in terms of uh, the prior to the set. Like, again, I think the, unless those cards are outrageously broken, um, you know, three cards getting introduced to a deck isn't going to make a, um, you know, huge difference in the, in the deck's win rate. Yeah. I'm not sure Pirate Warrior has uh, really, created any further gap i think it's about where it is um it's just more popular and yeah it's about it's about like in terms of actual like win rate i doubt it's really that different than something like even warlock i, I don't think there's really going to be much of a difference like reno even the the real question that me out is like we talk about these three decks and where the pirate warriors above these two but is there a deck that's actually better than all of these three I know, I know where you're going with this, and I don't agree with you, but I will let you use that can, as your transition. That's what I'm doing. We can, yeah, I'll, we can I'll let you it. use that as your transition. You, you can go. You want to talk about what you think Absolutely. is maybe better than all of these? I will. Um, <laughs> one of the the only times I feel we may have ever had this tier one hidden archetype that no one knew about, that no one was playing, 
Darkla. I think I think Darkla is the best deck in the format right now. Um, I, that would be my pick if I had to. It's still early days, um, and it is mostly circulating among highly engaged players, and there will be a bit of a bias there. Um, but I think the Darkly Warlock might currently be the best deck in Wild. I uh, after my after my experience, like I don't I don't know that that's true. But I will say I played twenty games with it. I lost six. Five of them were auto concedes against Druid. Uh, so I lost one legitimate game with the deck against an odd hunter. Uh, and I believe had a overall positive win rate against Odd Hunter just by um, just by making them dead. Like that's what the that's what the deck does. It's a uh, it's handlock. You just make giants, make opponent dead. It's like what I like about this version is it plays very similar to even Warlock, which is a deck that like I feel like I have a good grasp of. So like um, it just feels like even Warlock that gets online faster and has more. Uh, and better reactive tools for the board state so it does better into a, a pirate warrior um it has better reactive tools without spending mana which is ludicrous like it's like like you the the amount of times that you just build a board and then swing the board with things like broom is outrageous to me um so yeah this deck is very good and like i said i don't know how many nerfs it's going to take to take this down a peg i don't I'm not ready to call it the best deck yet, just on my limited experience. But like, I, I, I think we maybe have a fourth consideration at the very least. I think that like it, having played this deck myself, and having been somebody that was very, very, very high on just like the, um, you know, straight even lock with no Reno. I seems weird to play that deck uh when you have this as a, as an option that just does those very similar things but better yeah right. i i know what i said is sort of an insane take or it might come across that way because we have been talking for over a month about how these three tier one decks are so much better than everything and it's the most warped matter of all time and in wild and you know i'm not asking you to come join me on dark Lair island but right now i have got real estate i'm setting up the whole place I'm, i've got a nice beach uh property i i'm just hanging out on dark Lair, a warlock island and you guys can come visit if you want you know like you know it's this sounds like this, this sounds like the start of your your dark Lair cult you know you have the dmh mm -hmm. cult this this sounds exactly like your dark Lair cult and... No, you know what, Corb? I will take a pamphlet. I'm gonna think it over, yeah. have a talk with my family, and see if it's in the cards for us. But like, <laughs> I'm intrigued. I, I, mm -hmm. I I'm listening. Uh, all right, two things. We got to figure out a name that's not Darkler, right? Because there is no more Darkler in the deck. I, I just um, love. I know. It dark Lair. I know. I, I I love it just because everybody asks, "Where's the Darkler?" And it's. <laughs> I just love it. Like, just call it Darkler Warlock. The same reason. Like, don't we? Do, same thing happened when we like Reno rotated out of standard. We don't need to call Reno decks Highlander just because there's no Reno. There's still Reno decks. It's just, just, it's a name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to refer to a card that exists in the deck. It's Darkler Warlock. Oh God. Uh, I want to just throw out the name Broomstick Warlock because we name we name decks after the most important card, right? Or the most iconic card. And to me, the most iconic card in that deck is Animated Broomstick because that deck would be nothing if it weren't for that silly, stupid little 1-1. One -one. So that being said, I, I do want to argue a little bit back against this. I know you you'd mentioned that this is because it was early days, right? Um, I I have been watching a lot of your stream. I've been lurking in Otter's stream. God. I feel like so much of it is farming. I like your. I believe it was your day two stream, where you were playing Darkly Warlock, and so many of your wins were because Pirate Warriors didn't know how to play around Defile and didn't know how to play around Molten Giants, or Evenlocks didn't know how to play around Molten Giants, and I feel like once people start playing stuff like Reno Evenlock or they start playing Odd Hunter again and they stop playing these board based decks that Darkly is really really good into, I think you're going to kind of see a falling back to earth of dark glare and i do i do want to argue that i think dark glare is good i don't think it's in the realm of the three best decks in the format i think it's more in the realm of that shadow priest right that fable tier two that we had right that second tier of decks uh alongside maybe like i don't even i guess i guess it's just shadow priest ignite, right? ignite mage like, ignite mage i wanted to say ignite mage and combo druid yeah. but i felt like they were worse yeah. than that but yeah. regardless yeah. i i think 
once you see the meta settle a little bit, I think you will see Darkly Warlock fall off in success rate. And I just, God. I, I know, I know you did put that disclaimer out there that it is early days, but I want, I want to just let people know why I disagree with that statement. So I, I do think the deck is good. I've been playing it myself, and I've been having success with it. But I feel like once people learn how to play against Darkly Warlock again, or like start playing decks that are bad matchups for the Darkly Warlock, I think you're going to see a lot more normalization of that win rate. Yeah, was um, I think I think right now, like it is it is crushing into Pirate Warrior right now. It feels like I, I think I think even regardless of the um, smack face play into Molten Giant, don't even think about it. Like I think even that aside, it does feel like a, a very favorable matchup, and that definitely helps. Um, but I think its matchup spread is just really well balanced. <laughs> like I, I think I think it handles ball base aggro really well. I think it still has those uh, you know battleground Lothab giant threaten lethal against slower decks. There's enough disruption. I'm playing cult neophytes as well, uh, personally to sort of help the odd hunter match up, which does feel like an unfavorable, but not a crushing unfavorable. Sometimes you do get to punch them in the head, and that's awesome. Um, but yeah, this is this is my pick. Uh, this is this might be the hottest take I think that I've had in a in a long time. Like this is this is amazing. Like I don't know how how much people are really on board or ready for this because I tweeted it out. This would be so funny. It would be so funny if Dark Lair Warlock was still the best thing. And I'm rooting for the Dark Lair Warlock so much. I mean, when you compare it to the other decks in the format, I like I'm I'm kind of rooting for it too. Like just to, like I know it's not really variety, and maybe it's just just the nostalgia I had for the the Barons uh, or the Wailing Caverns um, metagame. But like, yeah, I'm rooting for Dark Glare too, and it, 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 as opposed to these other three decks. Like, let's let's have some variety. We haven't had that in a few months. Oh, even well, if we'll it is another pamphlet, even, take another even pamphlet, if even if the variety is the same thing that we were dealing with, you know, months ago, that was months ago. Now it's now it's new again. <laughs> yeah, I, and now I can play it. Is the important part. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, but if it goes back to being the best deck, you can't play it because then people are going to yell at you. God, <laughs> all you do is play the best deck in the format. Can you play anything else, Raffle? Please. Um, I I feel like I should at least set the table a little bit because people might not have an idea of what's going on because this isn't a deck that's popular people like, are going to take this out of context this. for sure too i feel like well even so. if they are like uh, i like i think people it, it like here's the thing um glare glare warlock right now is mostly circulating at high legend uh for the most part right um it's only really really recently popped up it got a little bit of hype probably the week prior to the expand to the mini set launch um with otters having a really really good finish with it last season um he had like a rank six finish and he hit rank one with it early on and then myself and a lot of other people started net decking it whether it's memnark and a whole bunch of like high people who are typically high legend um so it, it does still seem bizarre because if you're not within that sort of range you probably are not playing against it like i doubt you're seeing it um, and maybe you never will, because Dark Lair Warlock's deck is a deck that never really trickled down. But this is a bit of a different version. This is a sort of hand Warlock thing that looks a lot similar to what players might have seen in Standard with the quest, um, whether it's running a Null, a Netheron, Backfire, that kind of package. It's sort of just the wild version of that, and is sort of akin to halfway between that and then some of what we saw with the Demon Seed, where it's like Battlemaster, Lothab, play some fatties, and kill people. It's um, it's a very, very good deck, and is a little bit different than what we previously saw with the old versions of Dark Label Look. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now that we've said all of that, right? <laughs> we're gonna put the code down in the comments. You guys got to go play this in that decade so we can actually see some. Uh, we, were, we were talking about the stats in Pirate Warrior and stuff like that. Got to get some more stats on different matchups for this deck and see. Um. See, see, see if the deck actually is the best deck in the format. Do we come back to this in a couple of weeks and call out? You're not getting property. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ship has sailed me out. You can't come join the island. No, it's okay. We, you just got to rename the Discord to like you know. You, there's the DMH Cult Discord. We got to right. rename your Discord to the uh, <laughs> the Dark Lair Cult Discord, and uh, we'll be good to go. Um, it's okay. I I will watch your island sink and you know get hit by tsunami and waves and. What what are the type? What are the the big waves that crash into things? Uh, nerfs, yeah, they're, yeah. they're called nerfs. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, God, my English is so bad. 
Anyways, let's talk about one last act here on the uh, on the episode uh, as we're running a little bit low on time. Um, and so, based upon Macaw, uh, the the Shaman three three, there's been a little bit of a resurgence of just kind of Shutterwalk shamans, kind of in general. So whether this is non Reno versions, Reno versions, Infinite Shutterwalks, or Barista Lotha Blockout Shutterwalks, or Galakron Shutter, there's been kind of a resurgence of these shaman decks kind of popping up and so i i just want to kind of open the floor i don't know if you guys have had a lot of success or seen a lot of people having success i know there was somebody at rank 2 legend just before we recorded this that was playing reno shaman and was having a little bit of success farming corvette so um hey (laughs) hey man i just speak the facts uh but yeah i mean what are you guys feeling about reno shaman and shutterwalk shaman and is the macaw kind of the the boost that this deck might have needed. I mean, sounds like Corb has uh, more experience in oh. this than I do. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually not really a believer. As much as I'm apparently getting farmed, me off. Uh, I'm not. Hey really man, a you win like one in three. Okay, that is getting farmed for you. Come on. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'm still not really a believer in the Macaw Shadowwalk Shaman. I think again, I think Macaw is a cool addition, especially in the Reno version. Um, but yeah, whether we're talking about Galakrond Shaman or whatever. Um, I don't really believe in this type of archetype to be quite strong. I think it's really going to be about where it was previously, which is tier four. Um, but yeah, cool card. So I hope people have fun playing it. <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, my intuition is that, it, yeah, it's also probably too slow, but like that was from my own miserable experience trying to make it ever do a thing. So, like, um, I don't, if it is, <laughs> if it is, like, it's undoubtedly a good card. But like I talked about with Pirate Warrior, like, this isn't the card that's going to spring something up. We saw, like, the card has isn't... It's not Primal Dungeoneer, right? Like, it's it's good, uh, but I don't think it's on that caliber of quality that will, like, actually see a noticeable rise for the deck, but it's definitely, you know, just another solid card in the deck. It's, um, it's just the deck is kind of slow into the metagame right now that, like, if you're playing us to get to Shudder, that... It's not going to cut it. And um, I'd be curious to see how it plays in, like, a Galakron uh, deck. Although even that was kind of falling out of favor just as a result of uh, Odd Hunter and um, decks like that that um, don't care about you having a board or just remove your board. So, um, you know, something that, like, if if there is a future where Shadowwalk Shaman um, can refine its footing, I think it's a card that will be in there for kind of like Dungeoneer for the rest of uh, Shadowwalk history. All right, I, I want to close up this little section on uh, Reno Shaman or Shadowwalk Shaman. We want one last question for you guys, one hypothetical. Um, so this one was inspired by Martian. Again, shout-outs to Martian Boo on Twitter and Twitch. Um, he was playing a little bit with Cookie, the the Shaman Murloc, um, that has Lifesteal and then Death Rattle Lifesteal Weapon. Um, and the idea was kind of brought up, and I, I'm kind of buying into it a little bit without actually having ever played at the deck but do we ever go the the white delight route of reno shaman where we run like 28 singleton cards and then we run two copies of ice fishing and then you run four murlocs in your deck where you run flurgle talks you run mutanis which is like the three that people normally run and then you run cookie as it's like anti-aggro card um that's just solid how are you guys feeling about this idea and maybe maybe we even don't touch this in the arena shell. What if we just run like this package of two ice fishing four murlocs in kind of a Galakron Shaman shell? Um, I actually had somebody running it against me in the um, Reno Shaman deck um, with actually thinly grizzled wizard as a fifth uh, murloc. So they're a boatload of murlocs. Um, I it's tough to gauge because like when it happened to me they played one and had all five murlocs <laughs> so it felt really bad to play against and that's part of the reason why um i never got to play my shutterwalk and macaw in the same game because they kept mutanising me um so like you know my my experience is a little bit clouded i Florgle toxfin is so good and there's so many times where like turn five you need to play ice fishing into Florgle tox and it wins you the game so like I'm skeptical of that, but um, 
I don't know. I don't know if Cookie is the card that makes that worth uh, worth running, even okay. though he does seem like a pretty solid card. Even even without Cookie, hypothetically, what if you use Finley as that fourth Murloc? Just like using Ice no. Fishing instead of just like a tutor combo piece as a value draw so, engine but, where you draw your right. good cards. The, the problem I see with that is that each and every one of those Murlocs that you're supposedly drawing, you're drawing at a time you want to do a very specific thing. And by separating them, you're making it less likely you get to do that specific thing when you get to your Murloc. So, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Yeah, um, I was almost... Like, I, I could certainly understand the previous meta where even in the Reno deck, you would still play the Mutanus. Like, I kind of got it because... Um, the math wasn't that bad that you didn't randomly pick up a Murloc before like turn five, and so it didn't it didn't affect the Toxid Flow combo that much. That's it. I always preferred not playing the third Murloc, but um, in this case, I definitely don't want to play double ice fishing um, in like a Reno deck. Uh, looking beyond that, looking at something like Galakrond, by the time you get to like four or five Murlocs at that point, the combo just becomes so inconsistent. It feels like so. Um, I'd probably not go down that path. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think the cookie crumbles like that. Damn, you had to do it like that. All right, I see. I see. Um, I mean, just something to keep him. I think I'm gonna try it out, and then when it goes poorly, I'm not gonna admit it, and we're just gonna pretend like it never happened. Okay, but if it goes well, then I'll come back next week and uh, talk about how Martian had this brilliant idea, and we executed, and we got this beautiful deck. Um, that's saving the wild meta. Anyways, I, this is a sign that we need to close the episode. So. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of first reactions, first week, whatever you want to call this. Uh, first impressions of the new Hearthstone Deadmines Wild meta. Uh, even though there is the, the Druid bug running around, that is part of the meta that we have experienced this week. And I, I hope you guys have been able to enjoy it, um, even with all of that happening. And uh, Ralph Corbett, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And I enjoyed having you guys on as usual. Uh, let the people know where they can find you guys uh, streaming and all your other content uh, about the new mini set. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube at Ruffle and Twitter and Instagram at RuffleHS. And you can always find me playing Tier Zero Dark Lair Warlock at Corbett Games and Corbett Games on Twitter and TikTok. Come watch some TikTok, guys, if you have TikTok. It's great. Yeah, just go drop that follow on uh, Corbett's Twitch and uh, you'll receive a free pamphlet in the mail. Uh, about all that information <laughs> for Dark Lair Island. Uh, you can find me and get me out on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all that kind of good stuff. And just a reminder that you guys can find the podcast over on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. So wherever you guys want to watch on the go, uh, that's where you guys can find us. Uh, appreciate you guys watching all the way to the end. Hope you guys are enjoying the mini set, and we will see you guys again next week. Later.